Welcome to Let's Talk About Skills, baby. I am your host, Kelly Ryan Bailey. Each week I chat with inspiring visionaries about the skills that make them successful, how they develop those skills, and their innovative approaches to improving skills-based hiring and learning around the world. Come learn what skills help you live your best life. Today, we're joined by Anthony Impey. Hello, how are you? Very good, thank you, very good. Very pleased to be with you here today, Kelly. Uh, we're very pleased to have you. I wanna do a little introduction um, for Anthony. So Anthony is a serial entrepreneur and experienced business leader with a track record in starting, building, and operating businesses and non-profit <laughs> organizations in the tech and skills sectors. He is also the founder of Optimity, which he built into one of the leading providers of wireless internet. He launched and successfully exited TouchBase Networks, a telecoms business. He also founded Tech City Stars and Tech Up Nation, which are nonprofit organizations that helped disadvantaged young Londoners kickstart their careers in the tech sector. I love that. He is chair of the Federation of Small Business Skills Policy Board, the UK government's Apprenticeship Stakeholder Board, and the mayor of London's Apprenticeship Advisory Board. And I want to mention this great award. He was awarded an MBE in the Queen's 2018 New Year's Honors for Services to Apprenticeships and Small Businesses. What an honor. Um, and he was just, Anthony was just telling me about that day when he received that award. And I was like, you know what, Anthony, just say it again, because I'm like, I think I'm sure everyone has these moments in their life. And I'm sure there's more than just this one. But that one really stands out. <laughs> Oh, it was a very cool day. You end up, uh, I went to Buckingham Palace. I drove, drove through the front gates of Buckingham Palace, parked in the, in the, middle, of the middle of the palace and, um, and received my uh, medal. You, you receive a, an MB medal. If, if I'd known, I'd have bought it along and showed, shown everyone. Uh, <laughs> but you receive your medal. I received it from Prince Charles and you know, had a chat with him about uh, you know the work I do with small businesses and apprenticeships so yeah an amazing day you know once once in a lifetime opportunity and I'm very honored received it definitely it must have been I'm a, a little jealous I've obviously visited many times but that's never an experience that I <laughs> so it's, you know, it's quite something to be on the other side of the gates of Buckingham Palace that that's for sure I can only imagine. I can only imagine. So, you know, I've kind of given the highlights here of your life, but what I would love is for you to talk to us a little bit about kind of what led you here, a little bit about your story, your journey, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Well, I mean, I think, you know, at my core, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, you know, and, I, and I've wanted to be an entrepreneur um, all through my career. You know, I remember coming through school, I wanted to be an entrepreneur, I set up my first business, while I was at school selling stationery from my, my school locker. Uh, and, you know, I, I've never really thought about doing anything else. I've never thought about getting a kind of a proper job because wow. entrepreneurship is kind of in my blood. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and my whole career has kind of been a feature of being an entrepreneur. Sometimes I've worked in, in organizations and been an entrepreneur, kind of an intrapreneur, I suppose. Mm -hmm. uh, and my first business when I left uh, university was as an entrepreneur. I joined a, a small uh, telecoms business called uh, Touchbase. And, uh, you know, when I joined, I said, look, I, you know, I want to start my own business, but I don't have any, any money to be able to do it. And they said, well, come and join us. We'll give you a little bit of equity. 
uh, in this new venture we're thinking about, go and, go and um, start it and see what you can do with it. And, you know, that was an amazing journey, you know, from, you know, I left um, university uh, here in London, went and joined this business, and um, nine years later, ended up selling my division um, for, um, for, you know, a significant amount of money to, a, wow. you know, a, a UK listed uh, business. And so it's a great journey from, you know, startup to mm -hmm. exit and, and to kind of see, you know, public limited companies and how they operate and, and sort of spend some time in that in the company that bought us. So it was a really interesting journey, that first experience. And, and really my whole, my whole career has been characterized by, by being an entrepreneur. And so, and so I think I, I enjoy being in environments with you know, high degrees of uncertainty, uh -huh. but actually environments where you can, you can really change things and mold things and, and have a real impact on, on your environment and you know, the world at large. Definitely. Now, do you, I, I feel like when you say things, you know, areas in your, that might be risky, I really feel like though you see that opportunity for growth yeah. as opposed to the negative of it. You're like, no, I really want those moments where I can spread my wings. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, it's interesting, you know, I think, you know, we're, we're, we're all uh, in these very challenging times of, of COVID at the moment and you know, the outlook for the you know, our respective national economies is not good. And, you know, the global economy is in, in, in a real state at the moment. And, you know, I know a lot of people are experiencing a lot of hardships. But I do think, you know, in, in, in times of immense un uncertainty, there are also times of immense opportunity. Because, yes. you know, all, all the things that, all those conventions that we had, you know, four or five months ago, have all disappeared. You know, all the rules have changed. Yeah. And, you know, that, that's, that's really exciting. You know, that, you know there's it now is. time to, you know, build things, build new things. You know, I kind of keep using this phrase of build back better. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, I genuinely believe that there's, there's so much that, that needs to be done, that can be done. You know, and I, I think, you know, to some extent, I think we're, we're entering an age of the age of the entrepreneur, you know, over the next yes. five, maybe 10 years, you know, entrepreneurs are going to be material to, you know, the you know the recovery of the economy the global economy the our national economies you know entrepreneurs are going to play a really really important part in this because we've kind of got the skill sets that deal with you know an environment you know environments of uncertainty you know our, right. our in my whole career i look at my career and think wow you know there was some you know the, you never know whether you're you know on the right track or you're doing the right thing but you can cope and you you know how to operate in those times of uncertainty you understand how to measure risk and respond to risk. Right. And that's all, they're all features of, of what we're, we're all facing now in, in the economy. So, you know, I, I'm, you know, I think, I think the times that we're, we're entering now are, you know, there's lots of uncertainty and I, you know, and I, and I understand that lots of people are, you know, having a hard time of it. But I think there's a real opportunity to do some, some really exciting things and to, you know, have big impact on, on the way things things are done so it's so a very you know i think, I think you know, we're in this age of the entrepreneur i think it's very very exciting time to be an entrepreneur i love that and i love that the, the build back better i've been yeah. using the statement um move forward better so similar concept but I, I i can't help but agree that this is a time yes of course there's things that we wish didn't happen but you know when we say and i'm sure you're thinking the same thing when you're saying build back better it's you know these were issues that were happening already and so that concept of being able to see what how else we can make adjustments that we knew the problems were there 
um, yeah. this just amplified it. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And you know, I think all the rule, you know, all the rules have gone out the window. Right. You know, how things used to work, you know, they don't matter anymore yeah. because actually, you know, we we've got, you know, we've all got monumental challenges that we've got to face and, and monumental challenges caused by the fact that, you know, we've had to respond in a particular way to, you know, this health pandemic. Mm -hmm. and, it's, and it's kind of, you know, it's resorted all the cards and, you know, it's, it's that that make, makes this a, you know, a time of, of doing things differently, you know, and, and I think, you know, there's, there's, you know, there's two schools of thought really, you know, one is, you know, the, the free market economics, school of thought, which says that right. um, actually what has to happen now is that all governments have to back off businesses and they have to let businesses go and do what businesses do, which is make money. And if, if businesses make money, then, you know, we'll, the economy will recover and, and everything will be, everything mm -hmm. will be. Do you know, I, I'm not sure whether that's going to happen this time. You know, that's happened in previous recessions. Sure. You know, yeah. you know in, the, in the financial crash, uh, if you look at the, um, you know, finance, uh, the uh, economic downturn in the 90s and the 80s, yeah. you, know, you know, kind of government stepped back and businesses stepped, stepped in and, and rebuilt, um, rebuilt their businesses and, and, you know, economic recovery followed. I don't think that's going to happen this time. I think what's actually going to happen now is that businesses are going to say, we need to, we need to do things differently because yes. what the pandemic has done is it's shone a light on you know, some of the, you know, the injustices that exist in our society, exactly. some of the massive challenges, you know, Black Lives Matter as a movement has been going for years. And yet it's at this point in history that actually everybody's be, beginning to sit up and say, actually, this is really deadly serious. And this is not something that we can just dismiss. This is something that we've got to, to really um, drive long lasting, meaningful change. Yeah. And I think that sentiment is going to really shape what we see, you know, in the future. So, and, and I think that's exciting. You know, I'm, I'm very optimistic about what the future holds for us. I agree. I mean, I think this time it's, it's like a stronger pivot, pivot than we've had to make. Like maybe before we've just sort of like turned a little bit, but now it's like total 180 um, that is maybe necessary. But just like you said, I mean, if you could, you could look at this as, a negative, but I really feel like there's this opportunity for us to come out of this better, um, assuming the right mindset, which I really love that you mentioned this sort of like it's the age of entrepreneurs. So I want to take us back to your early comments, you selling stationery, I'm imagining you. Yeah. <laughs> and you mentioned like this entrepreneurship um, is in your blood, but I, I would love to know, number one, like why do you think it's in your blood? Um, I'm curious yeah. if you've had, you, you know, were raised by entrepreneurs, um, but also, I'm really thinking like, I feel like I know what you mean when you say entrepreneurs and like this mindset and like the way that you go through life, but it would be great if you could maybe describe a little bit what, how you, how an entrepreneur handles things slightly differently when it comes to, I'm thinking of course, in terms of skills that a person might have that they can sort of hone in on to handle these challenging times. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's a few things there. What, so first of all, I think, you know, the, the origin story of entrepreneurs is always very interesting. And so, you know, I, I would attribute my, uh, my love of entrepreneurship from, from two things. One was, one was the fact that my father owned his own business mm -hmm. and, I, and, you know, my, both my parents worked in it and, you know, I saw what it took 
to build a business. Yeah. And so I think that was, that was very informative to me. Um, and also my, my grandparents who were Poles um, in the Second World War and were displaced from Poland, spent time in Siberia before going to the Middle East and then uh, arriving in the UK at the end of the Second World War. Uh, you know, their, their, um, their struggles with adversity, I think, have yeah. been really important in my own kind of psyche and, you know, my preparedness to, to take on challenges. Because, you know, ultimately, you know, I look at, you know, some of the challenges that I have to take on and recognise that, you know, what I'm dealing with is nothing compared to the yeah. challenges to enjoy. And, you know, and that's, you know, that's two generations ago. It's, 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 you know, this is not, you know, I'm not talking about, you know, history you know 100 200 years ago no. this is one year exactly. history so, so i think that you know that they were the, my influences um i also think you know I, I kind of talk about entrepreneurship being in in my blood but actually i think entrepreneur entrepreneurship and, I, and i'm kind of conscious that i'm overusing that term now <laughs> but that process of being an entrepreneur is 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 not i don't believe it's an innate skill i think it's something that you know some people you know, um, kind of, um, kind of go towards, and people, you know, it it, um, it attracts certain, a certain certain people. Mm. But actually, I think on the skills that you need to be an entrepreneur uh, have to be learned. You know, they're, they're learned skills. They're not, you know, skills that you're you're magically born with. And you know, uh, kind of, I know I use the phrase in my blood, but but actually that's not the case. You know, entrepreneurship is 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 something that you have to learn. You learn it through doing and experience. Mm -hmm. and learn it through success, and you learn even more from failure. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you know, I you know I talk to lots of entrepreneurs. And unless you've had failure, unless you've had lots of failure, then you're not really an entrepreneur because entrepreneurship is all about pushing and and you know encountering failure if you're not if you're not encountering failure you're not pushing hard enough but i think there's also a piece around um you know that you know kind of the traditional form of learning you know reading um learning from others being mentored by others and coached by others mm -hmm. and then you know, just you know there's so much material available now uh, online True. brilliant that you can you can learn online i'm doing this this great course uh, at harvard business school at the moment on innovation and it's oh, just, nice. It's a great program and it's free, which is fantastic. Okay, wait, now um, you need to tell us what it is because I'll need to look it up. I'm writing it down. <laughs> uh, I'll have to, uh, let me have a look. It's called um, Invention is Not Innovation, is what it's called. Invention on, uh, is Not Innovation. Yeah, Invention is Not Innovation. It's on, um, if, you, uh, if you go onto the uh, edX okay um, website you'll find it there so it's it's just Perfect. a great and, yeah. and i think you know an entrepreneurship is about constant constant learning i think you know it's really interesting you read about um bill gates right uh, you know who i still think is a great entrepreneur you know he's kind of gone from for-profit business to not-for-profit business right. and he's you know i think his success in the, as a as a philanthropist is because he's just using everything he knows about building business and building successful business. Yeah. But in the space, and I really like, you know, I'm in awe of what the Gates Foundation have done. But, you know, Bill Gates is a prolific reader. I think, you know, he talks about reading one book a week, which you know, is kind of a lot. But, you know, with, you know, I listen to, you know, I've got Audible, so I listen to a book. You right. Know, I put a book on my phone when I'm kind of queuing at a yeah. shop for bread. Oh, you know, exactly. Like, 
I can't remember. I heard someone say it's like um, using the time you already have. So like if you, I mean, again, today, no one's commuting, but like in the day when people were commuting, you know, use that time because you're, you're, you're already spending the time. If I go for a walk now, you know, not, there are definitely times where I'm like, okay, let me listen into nature, but I typically listen to a podcast or an audio book. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it, it, you're right. It's just kind of using that time that, that, you know, using that dead time yeah. to learn stuff. And so, so, I, so I think that's really important. You know, if you, if, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you know, that want is very important. Um, but also you, you've got to, you know, you've got to, you've got to learn, learn as much as you, as much as you can. You know, there's no, there's no, there's no magic to being a successful entrepreneur. You know, there no. is, you know, there is a lot of skill and, and, you know, a huge amount of, amount of hard work, you know, it requires a level of, of dedication that very few jobs, I think, right. are. you know, and you, you talk to, you know, lots of, lots of entrepreneurs and, you know, they might be entrepreneurs who run small businesses, you know, that kind of are important to the local community, or they might be, you know, fast growth tech businesses. And they all talk about, you know, the amount of, you know, some talk about um, personal sacrifice, but all talk right. about you know, the level of, you know, personal investment that they make into, into their businesses. So I think that's kind of a, you know, an important ingredient as well. And then if, you know, if I unpack what, what I mean by entrepreneurship, because it's kind of quite a far reaching term. I, I you know, I think it incorporates skills um, like creativity yeah. and problem solving and innovation. And, you know, and, and innovation is not about, um, the innovation of an entrepreneur is not about, um, uh, innovating you know brand new product or service right. you know very often it's kind of those micro innovations that you make in every part of your organization to make your organization just better yeah and so it's, you know, i think that's an important aspect um and i think there is also a piece around um, really understanding your um your customers and your users mm. and and building your business that's highly responsive to your users you know i think the 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 one unifying objective of every business is that it's about making your customers lives easier you True. know that's, that's that's you know you apply to any any organization if you can make your your customers lives easier they will they will buy from you right and i think you know really uh, important part of the uh, entrepreneur skill set is to recognize that you know, if you if you if you want to make your customers' lives easier, you've got to stand in their shoes and look at completely look at their perspective. Yeah. Um, you've got to be able to you know make the changes, and you've got to you've got to have problem solving skills in order to respond to those challenges. So you know, I, I think there's a whole whole range of, of skills that kind of um, kind of fit into the the entrepreneur's um, uh, skill set. You know, very often as well. You know, when you're when you're running a business, you're doing everything. You know, there is not a job that isn't part of your 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 kit bag, and you yeah. are you know be you know doing finance one morning, right? And, you know, talking to you know a client or an investor in, in the afternoon. You know, the whole breadth of skills that you need as a as a as an entrepreneur, and you know that willingness to 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 get involved and you know, almost have that you know no mountain is too high, right? attitude I think is really yeah. important you don't need and that's why I feel like what you're describing is you don't need to know it the, the great thing about this type of and and I know we're using this word but it's like it's it's really it is like a mindset 
as opposed to <laughs> a type of job, you know, it's like, you have to be okay with not knowing and just going in there and figuring it out, you know, and if you're wrong, it's not the end of the world. Um, you know, that, cause I, I know that that can happen, but it's really just going in there with the open mind. You know, if you need to talk to an investor and you've never talked to an investor before, you're going to figure it out. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. It is, you know, it's, nobody else is going to nobody else is going to help you other than yourself so you know it requires a level of self-sufficiency that maybe other jobs don't require interestingly i think though that you know coming back to my my idea of you know this is the age of the entrepreneur yeah i think these these skills that we're talking about are going to be really important whether you're running your own business yes. or you know and i think you know employers are going to start saying sorry employers are already looking yeah. for people with entrepreneur skill sets you know i think it's really interesting how you know there's lots of you know really smart uh, people coming out of universities at the moment and they're shunning their you know the you know goldman sachs and jp morgan's and even the googles and the facebook's and they're kind of going and their first job is starting starting a business because they know yeah. that that's going to give them this kind of this um, really valuable kit bag of skills that they can take anywhere and that people exactly. will, 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 you know, hold in, in real value. And, and, you know, that becomes really important, you know, in this post COVID world, because, you know, in the post COVID world, nothing, nothing that existed before, no. you know, is, exists now. And, you know, that all those, all, all that uncertainty, you know, as I said before, is, is, is kind of the, you know, that's the fuel that yeah. entrepreneurs um, thrive on. It's, it's such, I mean, and you said it too, I, you know, I, I'm just excited about this time because the, the things that will come out of this, um, the, the changes, and I think what can make true impact in people's lives, like it's just really going to be fascinating and yeah. it's, it's exciting. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. You know, I think there's, there's a really important, um, lesson that, that, COVID has taught everyone, which is, you know, the moment that you have one big, huge problem, you know, one big hairy monster in your pathway, which is what COVID is, you yep. know, it's a monster. You know, the moment that you have that single objective to, to overcome it, the convening power of that problem and the the way that people step up to help fix that problem i think is astonishing you know and, and you know there's lots of talk about how businesses have pivoted quickly and you know the pace of digital transformation there's a, mm -hmm. a mckinsey paper out uh, the oh, other yeah. week yeah that said i think we've done 10 years worth of digital transformation exactly yeah that's staggering but that's only happened because actually everybody's gone okay we've got a problem here we were we've forced <laughs> yeah we, yeah and now we have to do now we have to get on with this yeah and we can't dither about it and we can't wait for perfection we've nope. just got to crack on and and you know that's going to create momentum you know I, I you know i think there's you know real opportunity that momentum is you know p people see that massive changes that fast rapid action to one particular problem is created and i think it's going to create um you know a lot a lot more momentum to adopt you know a whole range of technologies that maybe we haven't even thought about you know in, in oh, yeah. you know, our own sphere of interest in education you know certainly certainly in the uk and i don't know what it's like in the us but certainly in the uk 
I would describe the education system, not controversially, but I'd describe it as very analog. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, you know it uses a model that's tried and tested, yep. that it works with um, students of a variety of ages, congregating in a classroom and, and learning. And, and, and that is a model that works. Yep. But what COVID has, has forced us to do is, is actually that's, that's suddenly not possible. And suddenly there, there has to be a um, adoption of digital tools. And suddenly the education system has taken this massive step forward in, okay, how do we make technology work for us? And how can we use it not just to supplement, right. to live, but how can we use it to make education that much better? And so I, you know, I think we'll see in, in sectors like education, not just, not just a, a little bit more progress. I think we're going to see really big step changes in, in how people think about education, how people think about skills and development yeah. skills over the next few years. I completely agree. And it's the same in the US. You know, the, this has been going on for a while. There have been a few sort of out in the front trying to tackle that. Um, but, you know, for the most part, it wasn't a really big force. And now, of course, the big force. Um, but the things that they weren't really, they were thinking about digital learning, again, not in the respect to like now our whole life is potentially going to need to be virtual and how are we going to tackle that but also what i think they didn't know and i mean i feel like this is kind of globally not necessarily in any one particular country but you know we haven't really tackled how people learn so differently now you know it's it yeah. you know we've got people and i i don't even like to word, use the word learning disability most people are familiar with that word i say it's someone's gifts but basically everyone learns differently. I'm a visual person. So someone, you know, if I read a report, I then need to like be in something and interact for it to really stick in my mind. That's just how I work. And everyone yeah. works differently like that. So you throw in a virtual environment with someone that <clears throat> doesn't have like the hands-on capability for, for that to set, you now need to think about when you talk about those customer needs, that's the same thing they're doing. I mean, but they've got a whole slew of various needs that they're trying to figure out at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, I think also it's, it's interesting, you know, some of the challenges around um, not just how people learn, but the resources they have available to them. Right. So, you know, the, you know, the challenge that I think a lot of pupils have had um, in the UK is, is lack of availability to um, computers, you know. And computers yeah, I was just going to say that. I was like, I bet it's the same. Yep. It's, it's you know uh, you know it is it, digital poverty is is is, yes. is a problem and you know yeah. addressing it is is really important if we're going to have an inclusive society and so I think there's Absolutely. there's definitely an issue there but at the same time I think there's also a piece around how maybe the education system needs to think about um, mobile devices because actually mobile devices uh, have got a, a much wider uh, reach than laptops right. or desktops. Right. Um, so, so how do you take content so that it works better in a mobile environment? And, and, you know, mobile environment is obviously, you know, very different. You've got a much less screen real estate. Sure. Um, people have much shorter time spans. But it's that, you know, how do you, how do you, how does the education system respond to this changing environment? Because it, it's not just about converting a classroom into an on-screen experience. Right. You need a bigger screen, but actually, right. how do you then alert? You know, a, a um, immersive, valuable, relevant, rigorous 
learning environment. How can you do that on a, on a screen that's a fraction of the size of a laptop's, you know, on a mobile screen? And how do you make that work? Because if you address that problem, then the opportunity to educate not just our nations, yes. um, young people and older people who want to learn, but the, the ability to reach um, uh, into populations where education is not as widely available is, you know, so is trans true. You know, and, and these, you know, these are the kind of um, these are the kind of products that could come out of out of kind of COVID and kind of lead to kind of this 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 better place that we're we're heading towards. Yeah, and I'm so glad you brought that up. That was something well before COVID. I know that was always on my mind. You know, I would talk to these universities around the world, and they'd say things like you know, again, that whole like, well, we need to be online. And then, you know, well, what's the percentage of people in your country that have internet access? <laughs> and then that conversation would start to happen. I was like, well, you know, even here in the US, you know, people that might be struggling um, typically are able to get a phone and have phone coverage. So that always leaves like that as a potential platform. But this was again years ago. So yeah. I'm just glad that this is something that's starting to be on people's minds. And I hope they sort of take this moment, that 10 years, <laughs> that yeah. fast forward 10 years and just be like, okay, you know what? Let's not solve what we were trying to solve five years ago. Let's just get to the point here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think there's a, it, there is one, one piece though around um, technology not always being the answer. And, and you know, I think there, there will always be in every society there will always be there will be a group of people that just don't feel comfortable using technology mm -hmm. for, for a variety of reasons and i think you know good user-centric design doesn't say well this kind of works for you know 80 percent and you know right. tough luck to the other 20 percent. you know good user-centric design and 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 good societal behavior should be saying okay what can we do to make sure that this is that whatever we do is 100% inclusive and that might mean that you know that, that there is a small percentage where you have to do analog right but because that's just that's just what works for those people it should never be at the you know right not a forcing to yeah that makes a lot of sense digital shouldn't exclude people digital should just help make people more more you know kind of a broader community around which uh, you know, quality experiences can be delivered. Oh, that's, that's great. That's a really good point. So I know we didn't really get a chance yet to dive into some of the work that you're doing. Um, I, do, but... I don't think I've answered your first question yet, I'll be honest. <laughs> we could go on forever. Um, but, I, but I feel like I would, you know, now that you're describing some of these things, I'm wondering if that's filtered into some of the work you're doing right now. Um, are these some of the problems that you're trying to tackle or what are you really seeing as sort of these points that are possible? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, I think there's, um, there's a number of challenges that have been, been thrown up. Um, you know, I am, I'm very worried about how the, the, the jobs impact of COVID is going to, is going to disproportionately impact some people more than others. And, yeah. and, you know, all the research and some of the stats that are already coming out, certainly within the UK, point to the fact that uh, people in lower paid work, so not yeah. necessarily low skills, but low paid work, are the ones that are suffering most from the fallout mm -hmm. from COVID. And helping and supporting um, that group of people, and it's a significant number of people, 
helping them, I think, is, is really important. And one of the big, one of the grand challenges that I, you know, that I think is important for, for entrepreneurs to respond to. And, you know, and I think, you know, it's, it's, it does come down to skills and helping people um, develop their skills and develop new skills so that they can, they can continue being economically active. Because if we don't get this right, then, then we'll end up with long-term scarring in our communities right. that will last for a very long period of time. So I think there's a, you know, there's a real call to action for entrepreneurs to address this, this challenge, particularly for, for those in, in lower paid work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the, other, the other challenge that I'm really interested in is um, the skills that are needed in, in small businesses in particular. Mm-hmm. And I think small businesses are, um, you know, they're going to they're be one of the, you know, the key elements to the recovery of the economy. Right. Uh, speed at which small businesses can recover mm-hmm. is going to be a hallmark of those countries that um, get back on their feet faster than, than those that don't. Yeah. And, and typically, um, and again, I, I think this is some research that came out of McKinsey. I, I read a lot of McKinsey articles. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the re- some research from McKinsey, I think, points to the fact that um, in previous recessions, it's taken about two years for large enterprises to exit um, uh, a recession. Mm-hmm. I've been small businesses um, between five and seven years to wow. exit. Wow. So disparity. And, um, you know, some of the challenges that have been thrown up by COVID, uh, again, disproportionately affecting smaller businesses. So, mm-hmm. you know, if I, look at, if, if, if I look at London, where I am at the moment, and um, and look at what's happening in the economy. So around where I am, I'm, I'm in Islington, which is just outside of the main uh, business area of London, and, and everything is really busy. And mm-hmm. you know, it's almost back to normal if it if it wasn't for people queuing outside shops and wearing face masks. Sure. Uh, but um, uh, but then you know, if I go into the city or into the West End, which is kind of in the central business district it's it's completely dead you know there's nobody there you know very you know very little uh very few people on the streets you know very few businesses open and that's all having this you know terrible impact on small businesses in those oh, areas yeah. they're dependent on footfall and when the yep. footfall's not there you know the footfall might be 10 percent of what it would be normally you know in the, in the financial district in the city um there's over over half a million people that commute to the city every day Crazy. And, you know, and it's down to about 50,000 at the moment. Yeah. So, you know, big, big changes that's really having an impact on small businesses. And I think a lot needs to be done to help small businesses recover from this shock and recover faster than this five or yeah, seven. Yeah, because if that's five to seven years and, and those recessions were nowhere near what we're dealing with here today. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I think at the last count, certainly for the UK, um, the the current recession is more than twice uh, is going to be uh, has had a, a, a impact on uh, the economy that is twice as big more than twice as big as wow. the financial. So wow. I think the financial crisis was about four point seven percent fall in um, the yeah. economy in in two thousand and eight, and the Bank of England have just announced that uh, the fallout from coronavirus in 2020 uh, twenty twenty will be um, just shy of 10%. So, wow. you, know, we, you know, these are, these are, these are tough, yeah. tough challenges. And, and it's really important to help small businesses recover. So, you know, that's another area that I'm really interested in. You know, how, can we, how can we help this recovery process, mm-hmm. particularly 
more businesses in the economy. And one of the things, one of the one of the things that I'm working on, which is a kind of a, a not-for-profit uh, that I'm involved with, is is to create a think tank called the Big Ideas Group. I love it. Thank you. Um, and uh, you know, the thing that the Big Ideas Group um, is doing is part of um, the Federation of Small Businesses. But what we're doing is thinking about, you know, what are the big challenges on the horizon? How can small businesses prepare for those challenges and turn the challenges into opportunities? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the, uh, you know, an opportunity is only the other side of the co- coin to, to the challenge. So, you know, how, how do you get businesses ready? How do you get them into the mindset that they're not... You know, in the, in, a, in a point of of um, kind of terror in some instances, but you know, you know, not really knowing what to do in in the current circumstances. How can they? How can you turn that uh, negative energy into positive energy? Of right, actually, how can we? How can we change, re-engineer what we're doing in order to be able to respond to this this new new economy yeah. that we're. That's amazing. So is that something, are you looking for people to get involved with that particular group or um, how, how might people find out more information if they're interested? So, so if, um, if they connect with me over LinkedIn, uh, okay. I've got some information on there, but you know, I'm more than happy to provide information. I think it's a, it's a really, you know, really important, um, ex- you know, it could be a really important template of bringing small businesses together in order to, you know, address some of the big challenges that we're, we're facing. So yeah, so through, yeah. through LinkedIn is the best way to find uh, more information about it. Yeah, and I'd love to keep tabs on that too, because obviously what we're experiencing, you know, the, the US being just such an enormous, you know, we have sort of things that are happening in different states, but for me, I'm in the Northeast, you know, close to New York City. Um, you know, I'm seeing what's happening very similar, just as you described in London with like the commuters, the small businesses, you know, we, we, my family actually owns a couple of small businesses in the city. Um, yeah. And yeah, that foot traffic how, is how are they finding it. How are they finding it there? Well, we, the, the actual, the bar that, um, that my brother has is um, they haven't been able to reopen yet. It just doesn't make sense, but they did open uh, the restaurant. And they sort of built like an outside area, um, like most restaurants are doing, which is great. Um, but this just happened within the last couple of weeks. So, so far, you know, so good. But the, the description is that like, what's the people in the city? I mean, there's no, no one's really going in. And there's, and there's this mass, I don't know if this is happening for you too. There's this like mass exodus that's happening. A lot of people are deciding like, I'm not going to live in the city anymore. Um, yep. And, and so that is going to, you know, we already are having a challenge right now, but like, could this actually still continue for a little while with less people being in the city? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, 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 um, yeah, it's, it's very, it's very strange. You know, it's, it's exactly the same that's happening in, in London, you know, and, and very, very similar conversations, you know, is, is, is the center, center of our, our, our cities and the core of our cities, are they going to be hollowed out by, yeah. um, by what's happening? And, you know, I'm not convinced they will be. You know, I, th- I think without a shadow of a doubt, you know, there are going to be really, really tough times ahead for the, sure. for the next 12 months, maybe 18 months, because, you know, there is um, this kind of a, there's a confidence piece. Confidence and trust, I think, of is really... Of course. Um, but I also think there's a, there's a behaviour thing, you know, and, and behaviours are ordinarily very, very difficult to, to change. And, and actually what we've seen is, um, you know, and again, I'm kind of describing the, the UK story, but we were kind of, we were going along and, you know, you heard the news on um, about coronavirus. And I remember speaking to someone at, 
at the beginning of February at a conference yeah. in London. And they were like, you know, this coronavirus is, is really bad news. You know, it's going to impact you know, supply chains. I was like, you know, it's going to be fine. Eternal optimist. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then, and then 23rd, 23rd of March, our prime minister comes on TV and says, I'm shutting, I'm locking the country down. You know, and overnight we had a behavior change. Overnight, yes. people went from being kind of, you know, a bit concerned and, you know, kind of aware that things were going to being, right. I'm staying inside, I'm not going outside, I'm not going near people. And, you know, that, that's kind of created a new type of behavior that yes. is going to take a bit of time for us to, to change. Oh, yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think, I think humans are social, social creatures, you know, yes. and so, you know, all, you know, there's, you know, technology can deliver a whole stack of benefits. You know, the fact that we're doing this conference call. Exactly. Awesome. I mean, you know, you're in the States, I'm in London, and we're doing, doing this great call. Um, but actually, you know, would it be, you know, could we do the same, you know, if we were together in London, would it be a slightly different experience? Almost certainly it would be. Yes. And I, and I think that's the, that's the thing is that, you know, humans are social, social creatures and that interaction with one another is really mm-hmm. important, and um, you know, and and you know, there there are cer- there there are certain things that are very very difficult to replicate using technology at the moment. You know, you know, there might be a point. Oh in yeah, technology can provide us a much more immersive experience. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I you know I suspect that we'll see um, city centres come back to um, being very important in our societies over the next 12 or 18 months, I think, yeah, and, and maybe sooner, you know, if, if a vaccine's developed sure. and, you know, confidence returns very quickly and then, yeah. you know, the behaviors change very quickly, you know, I, I think we'll, we'll be returning to the cities um, very quickly, but just because of, you know, the, the nature of... Oh, yeah, people. I'm sure there are plenty of people and, I'm, I, and I felt it too. I mean, this is not for, for me, I already work from home, so this is not the worst thing in the world by any means. Um, but there are times where, you know, I typically would travel. And so, you know, there's times where I'd prefer to meet people out for dinner or, you know, I mean, I'm, there, you know, I'm, I'm handling it well, but, you know, I'm everyone, like, it would be nice to just have a get together and not worry about you sitting over there. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, th- I think, you know, I think that they, you know, they, they are, they're always priorities for people. And I think there'll be, um, it, it will it will come you know as, as soon as that confidence and trust is rebuilt i think you'll see you know our city centers coming alive but i, I think you know we've got a we've got a bit of a, a journey ahead of us before that before that comes back and in the meantime you know you're seeing you know businesses you know responding really quickly to opportunities mm-hmm. you, know, uh, you know you mentioned your brother's restaurant opening outside you know and just just getting on with stuff and doing stuff and i think that's you know when, when i see businesses do that you know i think that's you know, that's true entrepreneurship, you know. It so really actually, is. It's just those little movements to figure out, right? Like you, okay, challenge, what are we going to do? And I mean, just because we're, I'm so ingrained in restaurants, I've seen it. My family also owns a bakery and we immediately yeah. were just like no one could come in the bakery and we were doing pick, like curbside pickup delivery. Um, yeah. And quite, quite honestly, like it did really, really well. And now we've picked up another facility because we realized this is like a huge growth potential for the business. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, unless we were forced, I, it was funny because I'm the one who was always like, let's do this <laughs> yeah. until we were really forced to try it. Um, we didn't know if it was going to work or not. 
which is you know comes back to the you know the the big hairy monster of covid you know the moment you have a big monster everybody says okay we've got to do stuff differently yeah. and you know and that's you know that's yeah, that's you know that's that's bread and butter for an entrepreneur is you know you know defeating the monsters and you know kind of addressing the challenges they face i think is 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 crucial and i just love the fact that so many small businesses have responded yes. to the challenge and and kind of reinvented themselves and i think that's that's a you know you know if if if, if you want a source of optimism at a time of of difficulty just look, look there at, you know, how our small businesses have, have responded to the challenge. Yeah, it's it's been really amazing to see what people are trying and none of it perfect. Like you said earlier, I'll, I'll throw that back in there. I mean, this is not the time to be like, okay, let's really make this plan and it's gonna be you know exactly how we wanted it to be. No, you just have to go and, yeah. and you'll figure it out and you'll iterate and it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, perfection, don't let perfection be the enemy of progress. I think that's Winston Churchill or something. It's, okay. it sounds yeah. like something he would acquire yeah. from him for sure i can't take i can't take credit for that <laughs> although a lot of the quotes that you've given here today are will be ones that i remember so <laughs> okay. Okay. I um so i know we're we're getting close to the end of our time here anthony and i oh, love i know it's it's crazy well i it's i, I honestly when i have these i always say i'm like we could probably go on forever and I'm, I, I would love to always continue. But the time for people that are listening, you know, I'm sure they want to um, ha have us wrap it up. Um, but what, one thing I do want to ask, and I feel like I can ask you this open-ended question is, if you were going to leave, based on our discussion today, just some parting words for our audience on, I mean, especially because we kind of touched on this age of entrepreneurship, but really any thought um, that you'd like to leave them with today that might give like an inspiring push for them? Do you know, I, I, I think it, it's, you know, it, you know, not wanting to steal Nike's phrase, but it is about just do it. You know, it is about getting on with it because, you know, and until you start talking to customers and selling things to customers, you know, you, you just don't know, you know, and, and, and so there's, you know, there's never, there's never, a perfect time to start a business. There's never a right time to start a business, um, and you know. So, so you know, just just get on and do it. You know, lots of people say, you know, you know, I, you know I'm going to set up a business, but I'm just waiting for the right time. That never happens. It mm -hmm. just it just never comes around. So, you know, I think that's the first piece of advice. And I, and I think the other piece is, you know, being being an entrepreneur is one of the hardest jobs that you can do. You know, it's, it's all absorbing. It, it, it you know takes every ounce of energy to, to do it. And the reason why so many people do it is because one, it might be the toughest job or the, or the job that requires you to really commit with both feet. I think it's also the most rewarding job out there. And so, you know, I would encourage anybody who's got, you know, get, get just that, that little spark that makes them think they want to, to run their own business, to go out there, be an entrepreneur and kind of, you know, put in what it takes, but also, you know, get that sense of reward from it because it really is, is quite, quite uh, rewarding. And, you know, I think the best career that you can do. That is fabulous. I think most people will really appreciate those last comments, Anthony. So for anyone that wants to keep tabs on Anthony, check out what he's up to or reach out for that big ideas group, which I love that concept. You can follow him 
You can reach out on LinkedIn um, or Twitter at impmister, am I pronouncing that right? I-M-P-M-I-S-T-E-R. Um, and if you would like, and if you'd like to be in touch with me, my handles are right here, um, Kelly Ryan Bailey on all the socials. You can um, listen or watch, actually, Let's Talk About Skills Baby on iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube. I'd love to have you give me some feedback as well. So you can subscribe, you can leave comments, you can leave a rating, um, would love to hear it. But I thank you all for listening in today. Anthony, thank you again so much for joining us today. I really thank loved you. it. Me too. Great experience. Thank you everyone for listening. Hope you all have a great day.